The Lord is good. And uh, what a wonderful time this morning. Uh, some things happened this morning that were nothing but God. Only God could have known. And we are, we are grateful for that. Just the gentle nudge, the gentle leading of the Holy Ghost. Yesterday afternoon, where um, yesterday I started my day in study, and I had studied for about five hours, and there was nothing, blank page. And all of a sudden, a strong, strong prophetic anointing came on me. And within just a few minutes, I couldn't hardly sit up straight. And I finally threw some shoes on and ran to the church. Stayed up here for about two and a half hours. And just thick, thick, powerful prophetic anointing. I said, Lord, what in the world are you doing? And um, it stayed on me for a little over four hours. I felt intoxicated on the spirit of God and in about 30 minutes the Lord just got really it was less than that uh, the Lord downloaded this word to me tonight and then I got home somewhere after 9 p.m. and I thought well Lord you've not given me anything for Sunday morning and uh, just about that fast the Lord said, I'll take care of that, and boom, boom, boom. And just in about 30 minutes, the Lord downloaded this morning's message. And uh, you just don't know how on target that the Holy Ghost is. And I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Some things I just can't share. Um, but the Lord knows how to talk to his people, does he not? He knows how to talk to his people. And he had talked to you, talked to me, talked to us. That's all right. As a group, as a church, he will, he will order our steps. He will speak into our ears. We're, we're so thankful to have a pastor. He has become the pastor in New Brunswick, uh, Fredericton, uh, New Brunswick, since... The last time he was here, which was about 10 years ago, was the last time you were here, I think. Uh, was it a year and a half? Man, it feels like 10 years. A year and 10 months. Amazing. And that wasn't because he didn't want to be here, didn't want to get down here. Uh, but we're so thankful that uh, Pastor and Sister Lehman are with us. We love and appreciate them so very much. This, this morning I mentioned that they got to go to a general conference and that they're headed down to Florida. And Brother Lehman told me after the service, he said, well, I think the only thing a lot of people got out of the service today is what part of Florida are you going to? Um, because, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason. But we're, we're glad that they're uh, going down there. I'm sure they're going to lock in and pray and fast the whole time. Uh, it's probably not going to be any just kind of relaxing or leisure going on. I'm sure they're just going to 
keep their nose to the grindstone. No, we're, we're thankful that they are able to uh, get away, and we're thankful that you are here. Be mindful of this season. Um, uh, stay faithful to the house of the Lord. Stay faithful to the house of the Lord. And uh, You don't have to clap for that, but just stay faithful to the house of the Lord. And uh, there, there are people that the Lord is, is drawing. It's amazing. Today, Josh and I were sitting at B-dubs. And, um, and there, the hostess was a young Hispanic man. And probably, I don't know, early 20s. And he's, he's got his elbows on the railing like this right over our booth. And uh, I guess he's watching football around all the screens and stuff. Josh and I were talking, and he's just there. He's just leaning, and I'm thinking, man, I feel like, does he work for the CIA or what? I mean, he, he's just, and like, I just kind of glance up at him, and he's just looking around the room, and all of a sudden, Josh asked me, he said, uh, what, what do you preach tonight, Bishop? So I said, well, the Lord's dealing with me, and I started down the road a little bit. About three or four minutes into it, I had said the word God several times. And this young man said, uh, excuse me, um, can I, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Can I ask you a question? I said, you sure can. He said, I've been asking my parents how do you know when God's drawing you? And he said, they haven't been able to answer that question yet. And I was wondering if you might be able to answer that question for me. And so I started sharing with him some things. And at the end of the discussion... I said to him, I said, the fact that you continue to ask that question tells me that the Lord is drawing you. Something is happening. Something is happening. Hey man, I, I don't think uh, Gabby and them are, Gabby, okay, they're not here tonight. But we prayed recently for a Hispanic revival. And I said, do you go to church anywhere? He said, I haven't been in about two years. I said, well, where did you used to go to church? He said, I used to go to the church right across the street from River Valley Middle School. And I said, well, we used to have a campus over there. He said, oh, wow. And I said, you haven't been there in two years? He said, no. I said, well, that that you're feeling is called hunger. And sometimes hunger doesn't feel like hunger pains. It just feels like a craving. I said, have you ever been hungry? And like, man, I'm craving something. I don't know what it is I'm craving. He said, yeah. I said, you're craving the Holy Ghost. I wonder how many other people are out there right now that have a craving. And they're just bouncing around all over town trying to figure out what it is they're hungry for. 
Amen. There's, there's a harvest. There's something, that is, there's something that is happening. And so I gave him all of our information. I believe we're going to see him. I believe we're going to see him. I want to turn your attention tonight to the book of Habakkuk. Some people call it Habakkuk. However you want to pronounce it. Chapter 2 and verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth. For the vision is yet. Everybody say, it's yet for an appointed time. There is an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. I believe the vision has something to say. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Now, I want to read these first three verses out of the Living Bible, if you'll indulge me for a minute. I will climb my watchtower now and wait to see what answer God will give to my complaint. And the Lord said to me, write my answer on a billboard, large and clear, so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell the others. But these things I plan, I won't, it won't happen right away. These things I plan won't happen right away. Everybody say slowly. Say steadily, say surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. There is an appointed time for the vision God has given you for your life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you praise him right now? Oh, yes, praise him right now. Oh, yeah, go ahead and praise him. It may take a while, but it shall surely come to pass. Oh, hallelujah, and it will not tarry. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep your mind on the vision. Say, keep your mind on the vision. You may be seated. I could probably just give an altar call right now. <laughs> very, very little is known about Habakkuk except his name, which means the embracer or the wrestler. The embracer or 
the wrestler. These meanings correspond to Habakkuk's wrestling with the question of why God would let evil go unpunished and then why he would bring calamity upon his own people. While at the same time he embraced by faith the salvation of God. This vision was just before the battle of Carchemish which established Babylon as the ruling power in the area of Palestine. Habakkuk was deeply troubled with the injustice that prevailed in his land and was desirous that the Lord would act against it. And so the inquiries that Habakkuk made of God have no doubt been echoed by many of God's children down through the ages. Why, God, would you let evil prevail, and especially upon your own people? The answers that Habakkuk received conclusively affirm, affirm that God is not accountable to any man. He does not owe us an explanation. He is in no way obligated to comply with man's ideas of how he should handle situations. And so we trust him. The bond of trust that we have in him and the faith that we have in God is fully exercised when God will not fill in the blanks and we are left with more questions than answers. Job said, for God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. His ways are higher than our ways. He said, in a dream, in a vision of the night when deep sleep falleth upon men in slumberings upon the bed. Then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. There's too much, there's too much happening in the natural world for God to speak to many of us. There are too many things that the enemy is doing all simultaneously for us to fully understand exactly what is happening in our world. I don't feel that God can give the answers quick enough. And so in the midst of all of the chaos and confusion, we find that faith is always the fuel for the vision. Faith always says, I don't necessarily understand, but I believe. And so these visions and these dreams of the night that God gives to humanity 
They are things that we must hold on to. I don't believe that anybody in this place, regardless of how spiritual that you are, has a vision from God every day. I don't even believe that every that anybody has a vision from God every week. Sometimes visions and dreams from God come so sporadically that we become extremely desperate for answers from God to process the attack, the confusion, and the chaos that happens around us. And so faith, faith grabs a hold of the vision. Faith grabs a hold of the dream. And you have to remember what you have seen in the revealing times of God. You have to keep your mind on the vision. You will not see the vision every day. You, you will not walk with clarity every day. This is a walk of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So we have to keep our minds on the time that God allows us to catch a glimpse into the spirit realm to understand that he has everything ordered according to a divine plan, which is a lot bigger than us. It's a lot bigger than our individual lives, and it is a lot bigger than our corporate wisdom and our corporate understanding. The God that we serve cares so deeply about us that he is able to strengthen us in the midst of times when evil is prevailing in our world. Now, I want to just say this here for just a moment. I, I am not in the business of acquiescing to what the enemy's plans are. I don't believe that he's pulling the levers. I believe that God has the lever in his hand. And I believe that the Lord is at the helm. And the Lord is driving the ship. Amen. And whatever, whatever it seems to be happening right now that the enemy is doing in individual lives and against the church and against the world, whatever is happening in every nation around the world at this present time, God knew it all before it ever happened. The powers that be are ordained of God. And he has moved everything and has situated everything according to his divine plan. But can I just declare to you tonight that we are the church. And in every situation, we win every single time. We win every single time. Why don't you praise him for a moment? Well, go ahead and praise him for a moment. We win every time. In Genesis 15 and 1, the scripture said, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram. Everybody say, in a vision. The word came in a vision. The word was spoken to the measure that Abraham could see it. And he said, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Please don't ever forget that the Lord is guarding you. 
and that the Lord is in the business of blessing you. And regardless of what evil prevails upon the earth, the Lord is still going to bless his people. And can I just add a little break here in the message to tell you it really doesn't matter how high that gas prices go. It doesn't matter how high that the unemployment number goes. It doesn't matter what it looks like is happening in whatever economy, in whatever nation. We are not hooked to the world's economy. We're on heaven's economy. There's a reason why we pay tithes. We don't have a curse on our money like they have on their money. That's just for free there. The Bible says in verse 5 that, that he brought him forth abroad. That word abroad literally means a street or the outside. So the Lord plucked Abraham up from where he was and he led him to the outskirts of somewhere and put him literally on a street that he had never been on before because he was about to reveal something to Abraham that Abraham did not know about his future. Are you here tonight? And he said, look now. Everybody say, look now. Toward heaven. It matters which direction that you're looking. He said, I'm about to reveal something to you, but I need you to look toward heaven because what I'm about to show you in the heavens is directly related to your future. He said, all those stars up there, he said, if you can number them, so shall thy seed be. Well, I feel my help right now. And the Bible said that Abram believed God and he counted it to him for righteousness. Your faith counts to God. Now, I know this is simple for you right here, but every time you believe when all the odds say otherwise, God is counting that. Every time you stand in faith when the storms are raging and when the winds are blowing, I'm just talking right now. Every time adversity comes or the enemy attacks and you choose to exercise faith over fear or faith over intimidation and you get rid of all doubt and you stand in faith, the Lord says, I count that right now. That's not just a little something you're doing. It's righteous. Faith is righteous, and without it, you cannot please God. Some of you looked a little bored here tonight. I preach to those that are full of faith. You got to have faith in every situation. Bold faith. I'm talking about big faith. I'm talking about thinking bigger than you have ever thought before. Stop thinking mediocre thoughts. Stop living in mediocrity. Stop living beneath the means of the kingdom of God that God has given you. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get somebody's faith up right now. Get rid of the unbelief in your life. Get your mind on the vision. There's some things that God allowed you to see in a moment when you least expected it. And you can't see it right now. But if you'll keep your mind on the vision, the vision is going to come to pass if you will believe it. The Lord is counting some things right now in this place. Mm, hallelujah. Woo. 
He said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out. I brought thee out. You didn't come out by yourself. That's one of the things I told that young man today. I said, you know, we have in our mind that I, I, I'm just going to serve the Lord. I think I'm going to go to church. I, I think that I'm just going to make up my, my mind. And I said, you can do that. But I said, you would have never had the mind to do that if the Lord wasn't drawing you. No man could come to God unless he first draw them. There is a drawing of people. And there is a drawing of the saints of God. And so the Lord brought you out of wherever you came from. He didn't bring you out to leave you empty-handed. He brought you out to give you the land. God, can you just give me a little raise, a little 50 cents an hour, a little $1 an hour? Can you just give me, you know, a car that's a couple of years newer? Can you... Can you just help me to expand the square footage in my home, maybe two or 300 square feet? Or can, can you just help me get a new pair of shoes like that? And God said, I can do all that kind of stuff, but what I'd rather do is just give you the whole land. You know, you know. I, I, I want you, I, I want you to think I want you to think of the mess. You can be seated. I want you to think of the mess that you were in before Jesus found you. The brokenness in your life, the abuse in your life, the poverty in your life, the anger, the cursing, the fussing, the immorality, the addictions that were in your life. You think that God brought you out of that deep of a mess just to give you a surface relationship and a surface blessing with him? No, no, no. He brought you out of Ur to give you the land that you stand in right now. Now, now watch this. You be seated. Watch this. This, this is an important question Abram's about to ask. And God didn't get angry at him for asking the question. He said, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? I, I, need, to, I need some evidence, God. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, take, take a, uh, a heifer of three years and take a she-goat of three years, take a ram of three years, take a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he said, I want you to divide the pieces of the, the heifer and the the she-goat and the ram, I want you to divide them. And I want you to put them there as a sacrifice. Now, we do that. We get in here on a Sunday night. We get pumped. We're excited about, you know, what the Lord, and we're offering him a sacrifice of praise. And maybe we're, we're so in the, into the kingdom of God right here in the bucket. Or maybe we're, you know, we're paying our tithes and offering. We, we had every reason not to come to the house of the Lord. Some of you had a reason not to come to the house of the Lord, but you came anyway. The enemy's been messing with your life and you're, you're about to lose your mind and you had every reason in the world to stay home but you came anyway because you came in faith and God said, I'll count that. I'm going to count that. I don't know. And so he tells him, he said, I want you to divide the pieces and we make that sacrifice and we're expecting a Holy Ghost explosion to take place. But the birds came. The fowls came. And they came to consume the sacrifice. That promise you made on Sunday, I'm taking it. That commitment that you made, that faith you had, oh, I'm going to wipe out that faith. I'm going to replace it with unbelief. I'm going to devour everything that you offered before the Lord. You are not going to get the benefit of this sacrifice. And the Bible just simply said, Abram drove them away. 
don't know how long he had to fight them, but he just kept driving them away. And I'm talking to somebody here tonight that has made a sacrifice to the Lord because God gave you a vision. And it seems like that God's not showing up yet. Boy, I feel my help right now. But you're going to have to get busy driving the fowls away from your sacrifice. This is what the Lord, you can just stay there. This is what the Lord told me to do. And I am not going to let anything come and devour the sacrifice that I have made. Somebody just need to tell the devil you can't have what I've seen in the vision. I asked the question, how, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And somewhere in the midst of these pieces of this sacrifice is the answer. It's the evidence of how I know what I'm going to inherit. Don't you dare let the enemy steal what God has told you to do. Because sooner or later, the Holy Ghost is going to pass between those pieces. Hallelujah. Abram drove them away. Now pay attention here. Pay attention here because the shade of the sky now is about to change for Abram. We look at the setting of the sun as if it's over. The time has passed. We had a window of daylight for it to happen. And it hasn't happened. God gave him this vision, he's speaking to him in this vision, but watch what God does next. When the sun was going down, everybody say it was going down. A deep sleep fell upon Abram and lo, a horror of great darkness fell on him. Almost every time when the Lord speaks to you, the opposite will follow. And that's where faith comes in. And the Lord had to put him in a place of slumber. Anybody ever felt like that you walked through a season, you just couldn't hardly get your passion back? I just feel like I'm drained. Like I can't even think straight. Like I'm physically exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted. And we thought something was going to happen. We thought something was going to change. My God, I feel something in this place right now. But the sun is going down now, and all I can see is this horror. But let me tell you, the horror is not going to shut down the vision. We've been experiencing some great darkness that has fallen upon us. And we have seen some horror come into our lives. But the vision is greater than the horror that we've seen. The horror is not the end of the story. Sit down, I preach. For Abram, the vision preceded the horror so that in his deep sleep, when the great darkness fell on him, Abram would know that the horror would not kill the promise. In verse 13, he said, Thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. That sounds terrible. That sounds awful. It sounds like that God is contradicting himself. Lord, why did you start with this vision in the first place? I'll preach to the two of you that the Holy Ghost is talking to you right now. 
Why did you even start this vision business if all you were going to show me was darkness and a horror and that my strange, my seed is going to be a stranger in a land that is not theirs? God, I don't even, I don't know if you realize it, but I don't have a seed. I don't have anybody to carry on my family name. And you're talking about when I do. And here I am, an old man. I don't understand why all of this junk is going on here and why you're saying that and God saying in verse 16 Abram you didn't let me finish but in the fourth generation they shall come out hither again we've been here before is what they're going to say we've heard granddaddy talk about this moment we heard daddy pray in this season here we've heard about him walking through the land oh granddaddy Abraham passed through the land and we've heard all the stories and we've been here before and the promise said that it would happen in the fourth generation hey sooner or later somebody is born in the fourth generation because God has a plan God has a plan you can be seated and this is what he said they shall come hither again for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full it's going to take a while for the cup of iniquity to become full. Devil, just keep raging. Just keep raging because the cup is getting fuller and fuller. Just keep on acting a fool. Just keep on coming against my family. Just keep on telling me that vision was a figment of my imagination. Keep on lying to me. The cup is getting fuller and fuller because eventually, devil, Eventually, the cup is going to get to the top and the iniquity is going to be enough. And God's going to say, I've had enough. Devil, you had your day. But my promise that I gave to a previous generation, to a previous generation is about to be inherited by this generation. I'm preaching to a fourth generation here tonight and I'm telling you, keep your mind on the vision. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. Brother Lehman, I don't know what it's going to take to change it, but what I can tell you is the cup of iniquity in the nation of Canada is filling up, and where God is greater, he's going to have the last say. He's going to do what he does best. Keep your mind on the vision. We're the church, honey, and the church is about to blow, slap in smithereens with Holy Ghost revival and harvest. Keep your mind on what God showed you before the horror started. Oh, 
Shata. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, Kataya Talalamasa. In the name of Jesus, right now. Whoa, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus right now, somebody ought to pray with me. Devil, the princes of nations, we bind you in the name of Jesus right now. We come against you by the name that is above every name. You may be showing us horror now, but we have a vision from the Lord that came long before the horror started. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, our seed is coming out. Our seed is coming out. Our seed is coming out with great substance. My God have mercy. I got a lot more to preach, but you better respond right now. I don't know if I'm going to get to it. You better respond right now. Keep your mind on the vision. I know you can't see it right now, but God's already shown it to you. And so get your mind on what the Lord has already shown you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody in this place needs to realize how big our God is. How big our God is, how mighty he is. All he's got to do is stretch forth his arm. All he's got to do is make bare his arm. His power is sovereign. He is the almighty God. He can break every chain. I don't know what's going on in your household, but I know a God that can fix it. Come on, let that anointing come on you. Let that anointing come on you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, devil, we hear you flapping your jaws. We see you flexing your little reptilian muscles. But the cup is filling up. And when it fills up, God is going to act on behalf of his people. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. 
<laughs> My God, have mercy. Come on. What did you see back then? What did you see before the horror started? What did God tell you before the darkness came? What happened before the sun went down? The vision God gave you before the horror is what he's intending to do. The horror will not shut down the promise because you're going to be in covenant with him. And the covenant will always trump the enemy's power and the enemy's attack. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Ah. Woo. My God, have mercy. Don't give in to the devil's intimidation. Don't you let him convince you to compromise in the midst of the horror. Whoa, the vision. Come on, somebody needs to tell the devil, I'm not giving up my promise. I'm not giving up what the Lord told me. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply you. And so I'm telling somebody here tonight that multiplication is on the way. And that blessing is on the way. And that God is going to give you the land that he promised that he would give you. Come on, come on. A smoking furnace and a burning lamp is about to pass between the pieces of your sacrifice. Keep driving the fowls away. Keep driving the birds away until God passes through the pieces of your sacrifice. Come on, tell the devil, get off of my sacrifice. Get away from my offering. You will not devour it. You will not steal from what I have given to the Lord. Oh, you're not going to pluck the meat off the bones of my sacrifice. Jesus, I, I'm, I'm telling you something is happening right now that's about to alter somebody's course. The Lord is about to remove you and take you to the outskirts to eliminate distractions and confusion from your life. And he's going to put your feet on a new street. Hallelujah. And say, here's the path. Walk in it. Walk in it. 